Mira la izquierda. Mira la derecha. ¿Qué ves? ¿Dónde estás? In a world that seems to change daily, what will you do next? Welcome to the Next Steps Show with Peter Vesquez, a starting point for discussion y un poco de dirección. Buenos días. Hey, ¿cómo están, hermanos y hermanas? Soy yo, el conservative New Yorkan Peter Vesquez. Aquí, mimito otra vez, on the Next Steps Show, or como decimos en español, el show... Próximos pasos. The Next Step Show. Señor Voice of Liberty, ¿cómo estás? I'm good. Ahí siempre bien, siempre bien. Hey, before I introduce this great guest, I'll tell you, I guess today in the work she's doing, I think we knocked it out of the park again with this interview, Bob. Um, but check out this Bible verse that's on her website that, in my opinion, really truly describes a lot of what she's doing. It says, Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will rise up the age old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets and dwellings. That's Isaiah 58, 12. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, today, we, I, Señor Ba, La Voz de Libertad, are introducing uh, Catherine Davis. She is the founder of the Restoration Project and a civil rights advocate. She's a Tufts University graduate and former congressional candidate. She's known for the indigenous Endangered Species Campaign, and efforts to educate on issues affecting the growth and prosperity of the black community. Welcome. Bienvenido al Next Step Show, Senora Davis. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, oh, the honor is ours. Thank you so much for, for coming on and taking the time. Now, you're on the West Coast, correct? No, I am East Coast. I'm actually in Georgia. Oh, I apologize. I don't know how I... I guess I should have known that. Huh. Well, hey. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he confuses uh, uh, Augusta with uh, Los Angeles all the time, Catherine, so... <laughs> Uh, I guess that is possible. So, Catherine, again, thank you for joining us today. Hey, b before we get started on, on, on talking, man, you've got a lot on your website. The, 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 I mean, I, the Endangered Species Campaign, I want to talk about that. But before we go too deep into that, can, with our listeners, can you share a little bit of, of who you are, but kind of like who you were before you became the, um, uh, uh, the, the Senora Davis that you are today? Like, what next steps you know, took you to where you are now. That's so funny, who I am before I became me, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I had two abortions uh, many years ago, and I was like the, the person like Scarlett O'Hara and Gone with the Wind. I'll think about that tomorrow. And after I came to uh, be saved, I moved to Richmond, Virginia, and I would go to this church that had Bible studies on Tuesdays. And um, so on this particular Tuesday, I'm so happy, instead of eating lunch, we were going to eat the Word. So I go bouncing into the Bible study, all happy, I'm going to eat the Word. And I walk in, and they announce that the topic for that Tuesday was abortion. And it was like God was saying to me, okay, girlfriend, today's the day. You got to deal with what you did. And I can't tell you one thing that they said in that Bible study, because 
I, I slid into a chair and cried the entire time. And so I thank God that the two men who were leading the Bible study recognized my distress, and one got on one side of me and the other got on the other side of me, and they began to pray for me. And they prayed until they got a release from the Lord that I was going to be okay. And then one of them put a book in my hand, Grand Illusions, The Legacy of Planned Parenthood, by a man named George Grant, and said, read this and go do something about it. And I read it and realized that black women like myself had been targeted by Planned Parenthood, the largest abortion provider in our nation. And so I set out to make a difference, to sound the alarm in the black community. I honestly thought that um, once I told black women that we were being targeted, that that would be enough to end um the the impact that abortion was having in our community. And I was so wrong because that was 1987. Mm. And here we are in 2024, and I am still fighting for life and still trying to educate in the black and Latino communities about the impact that abortion has had and is having. Wow. So, can you tell me why you chose Isaiah fifty-eight twelve to be the Bible, the Bible verse that you highlight right there on your website? Um, that was a God-breathed <laughs> uh, inspiration when, um, in twenty fifteen, when the Lord told me to start the restoration project. I really didn't want to. I felt like there were so many other uh, solid pro-life organizations that we really need another one, but he told me to do it, and that was the scripture um, that I was given um, to center my organization around, to go back and restore what has been torn apart uh, deliberately by a very... um, I want to say demonically controlled organization. And it's more than one um, organization that has been pointed towards destruction of our families, destruction of our communities. And that scripture uh, was my motivation to get out here and talking about putting some of the ancient landmarks back in place that protected the family, that protected women and children, so that we could begin to build community anew. You know, I want to... Uh, <laughs> this is great stuff, because it, it, you said that when you went out, you thought it would be enough to share the numbers um, you know, let people know that we're targeted, and, and, and the response you got is the same response we keep seeing here as well. And interestingly, I was in a, with a group of, uh, of, of pastors one time, uh, of black pastors, and I, I had said, I'm here to talk about the numbers of abortion. And I went through, you know, my spiel and showed some of the numbers. 
And then I asked, uh, I was asked this question uh, by one of the pastors. They said, well, Peter, how is it that you expect us to go back to our congregation and tell these young ladies that they can't have an abortion? It's their, it's their life. It's their body. Um, and, and, of course, I kind of stood back and said, well, where do I want to take this one? Because I must be reading a different Bible or he. Um, but we see that quite a bit. You know, the abortion industry has spent billions of dollars indoctrinating our communities into believing that taking the life of children in the womb is somehow akin to a civil right. This whole notion of my body, my choice um, has been cemented. And, And actually, you as men have been villainized by the abortion industry and told you don't have a say in what a woman does with her body. Um, and and you've been made into the bad guys as they've, they've stripped away the esteem that we used to have for men in the family. Um, I was praying not too long ago, and the Lord reminded me that in Malachi, he said he was going to restore the hearts, turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children. But what Satan did was to turn the mother's hearts away from their children by creating this illusion that it is somehow a right to terminate the life of the child. Um, And that's one of the things that we have to fight to restore, is an understanding that our children are blessings. They are not a disease to be gotten rid of, um, and it's also not her body. We don't even talk about what these women could do if they were truly interested in not having children. Um, It's a real simple remedy. Just don't have sex when you're fertile, and you would never have to take the life of one of your children. Um, but we don't talk about that, and that's what I would say to that pastor. I would remind him that what God said. God said our children are blessings. He said, blessed is the man whose quiver is full. Um, we should remind them of that and begin to get them to start educating about the sanctity of the marriage bed, about why it's important to wait until you get your husband before you start engaging in sex. But let's talk about the reality of what sex is for. It's not for your recreational pleasure. It's for procreation. It's to replenish the earth. So let's talk about that with our congregations. If we are true men of God, we have to remove the political ideology out of the conversation and bring it back to the biblical ideology that gives us the guidance on what we are to do today. And really the biggest fight, the biggest argument against that is coming from the, uh, well, from the politicians. Um, 
Hang in there for a quick second. We're going to be taking a quick break, so don't go nowhere. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to El Show Proximos Pasos. So mira, no te vaya, because I'll be right back right here. And just in case you missed it, Proximos Pasos, that is your next step show in Spanish. We'll be right back. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that. I first In the Rochester and Finger Lakes region, one name stands above all others for real estate appraisal and advice. Ryan Murphy and Associates. This full-service real estate appraisal company can appraise and advise on purchase and sales decisions, mortgage finance feasibility, estate, matrimonial, partnership buyouts, litigation, and more for any type of property, both residential and commercial. Ryan Murphy was founded almost 40 years ago. All of our highly trained staff members have at least 20 years of experience. All our appraisers are either New York State certified general or residential real estate appraisers. Ryan Murphy and Associates. Start here. RYNNEMurphy.com. Youth for Christ Rochester needs to grow. Our kids are telling us they don't feel safe in their neighborhoods or rec centers, and they're asking us to be open more. And thanks to your support, we will. We're adding a weeknight and Saturday mornings to our basketball program. We're adding a second Arts Academy Friday night. And we're adding a second P31 girls class on Saturdays. But we need your help. $25 per month funds a kid for a year. Give your best gift to yfcrochester.org slash donate. Advertising on the WYSL stations is both affordable and effective, but it's so much more than that. When your business or professional practice has a presence on the Voice of Liberty, you connect with a patriotic, awake, and aware audience that cares about society, our families, our schools, our values, and our future. And our listeners appreciate you and respond. We can end the madness together. For truth and freedom, the WYSL stations, the Voice of Liberty. Call 346-3000 to advertise today. Peter Vasquez and Next Step Show on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to the Next Step Show. Aquí con tu conservative New Yorkian C. And we have today with us Catherine Davis, the founder of the Restoration Project. Catherine, thank you for staying with us. Hey, I want to read something real quick. This comes out of a, a report that you had on your website that was put out, I believe, in 2015. It was called The State of the Black Family in America. Um, in, in there, it states uh, in part... Uh, social scientists back in 2006, they said this, historically, marriage in the United States con uh, constituted a unified set of ideas about appropriate adult behavior. Marriage conferred adult status and set the boundaries for sexual activities, childbearing, and living arrangements with a sexual partner. Marriage defined the kind of work performed by husbands and wives and was viewed as a lifelong endeavor. 
That was in a report that was uh, that that was on the website, and the name of it is "The State of the Black Family in America." Uh, what what? Uh, I mean, that kind of goes to what you were seeing, Catherine. Yes, we we don't we need to take a step back and talk about the history of how we got to where we are. Um, there were several forces that came together at the same time that kind of has wreaked havoc in our culture and our community. One was uh, the takeover of Planned Parenthood by Alan Guttmacher. We all talk about Margaret Sanger all the time and her Negro project, but Margaret was dead when abortion was legalized in America. But it was Guttmacher who pushed the envelope with regard to getting abortion legal in the United States. Um, He is the one that had the director of the Planned Parenthood in New Haven, Connecticut, to start giving birth control to married women, because in the 60s, 50s, and before, it was illegal for a woman to contracept. He had the medical director of that Planned Parenthood give married women birth control, and the case worked its way up to the Supreme Court, where we first got the um, idea that a woman has a right to privacy in her womb that's afforded in the Constitution, although if you go read the Constitution, you're not going to find that. But the Griswold v. Connecticut case established a woman's right to privacy in her womb. From there, seven years later, we got the woman's, uh, single woman's right to privacy, and the very next year we got Roe v. Wade uh, and abortion. At the same time that Guttmacher was pushing that, Richard Nixon was pushing his population council um, to do population control. And he very openly said that it was the, quote, little black bastards who were going to be aborted. And so he was pushing population control. We had the policies of a woman by the name of Alice Bailey, who many consider to be the uh, mother of the New Age movement. And she had a 10-point program that if we were to read that today, you would clearly see is in operation in our culture today, like promoting homosexuality, removing God from out of the school system, um, etc. But in that report you just referenced, you also have the information about the National Organization of Women. And they specifically set out to destroy the American family by destroying the American patriarch. And they were going to destroy him through homosexuality, eroticism, prostitution, and promiscuity. So literally, the National Organization of Women sent women into the culture to entice married men away from their wives so that they could destroy the American family. All of that coming together brought us to where we are today, in that 
that the breakdown of the family, especially in the black community after the government sent 100,000 social workers into the black community to deal with what they called the two prouds, the men who told the government, look, we can take care of our own family. We don't need government cheese, so to speak. Um, you see that today that women now think that they can do without a man and that um, their child is not due life, that they should be able to handily decide because it's not convenient or whatever other reason they come up with that they don't want a child that they can very easily take the life of the child through abortion. So we've had a collision of policy, a collision of ideologies that that found that perfect uh, force to infiltrate our culture and destroy our families. Um, whether you're black, white, pink, or green, our culture believes in the destruction of the family and trying to vest women with the right to do something that men um, typically would do. Catherine, can you define something you said? You made reference to a woman not needing a man, right? Can you just go that into a little bit? Because, I I mean, when we look at it scripturally where it talks about woman respect your husband, husband love your, you know, that gets misunderstood sometimes. Um, how, how would you define that from a biblical perspective? Well, we remove the man as the priest of our households. We've we've told women that that men bring no value to the family, to the relationship, because they have the ability to do what men would do. Although, you know, from a logical perspective, we would think, well, that's not quite true. Like, I could never teach my son how to be a man. Um, nor could I teach my daughter the boundaries that she should observe um, when dealing with men. You know, there's a, there's a priesthood uh, role of the dad in the home. Um, the dad is the one that sets the uh, what the Bible calls the ancient boundaries. The Bible tells us, remove not the ancient boundaries that our fathers had set. Well, we've removed those boundaries, which have made our families very vulnerable to all of these predators that are around us, the, the pedophiles, the uh, organizations like Planned Parenthood, who tell our daughters at 13 that they are women and that they can take them without parental knowledge across state lines to take the lives of their children because, quote, they're a woman. I mean, we, we removed the role of the dad. Very um, much so. And even in cartoons and local TV shows, they're trying to normalize it by, by showing shows with young ladies. I, I want to read, you said also something about um, uh, the, the feminist movement, I guess, kind of. But I want to read in this same report, um, you, there's an expert. Um, it was an interview with Mallory Mullet, apparently. She's the sister of the radical feminist Kate Mullet. Uh, M- Miller, right. I, did I pronounce that? But basically, no. Kate, mm-hmm. Millet, she, uh, Kate describes uh, that her sister 
Um, or I'm sorry, Mallory describes that her sister Kate, who's the radical feminist, invited her to a gathering at her home with some of her uh, more pioneering friends looking at, uh, uh, at women's studies over at Princeton or something along those lines, okay? But the conversation she describes was a back and forth between the chair of that group uh, and, and, and her sister's group, right? But basically it goes like this. They start off by asking, why are we here today? And then the, the, the collective response is to make a revolution. Uh, then she replies, what kind of revolution? They say uh, a, a cultural revolution. And then she demands, and how are we going to make cultural revolution? And the, the chanted response is, by destroying the American family. And she says, how do you destroy that family? And they respond, by destroying the American patriarchal. They cried exuberantly, as they mentioned. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go nowhere. You're listening to your conservative New Yorican right here in the WISL stations. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Excited, weary heart. They sing of life, they dance along. They wash away the dark. Each moment brings new. Peter Vasquez and Next Step Show on the WYSL stations. And the Next Step Show is proudly brought to you by the appraisal firm of Brian Murphy and Associates, commercial and residential real estate appraisals throughout Rochester and the Finger Lakes for decades. Again, here's Peter. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Next Step Show. Seekum to New York and Conservativo aquí en el show Proximos Pasos, or Next Steps in English, which is what we've been calling it now for almost two years, eh? Ladies and gentlemen, with me we have Catherine, uh, Catherine Davis, the founder of Restoration Project. Thank you for sticking with us, Catherine. Oh, I'm so honored to be here with you guys. I, I want to talk a little bit about the, um, and I found this to be an interesting study. So so a gentleman by the name, this is also on your website and, and part of this report, but you, you talk about him on your website as well, which this study is just amazing what he had to say. But Daniel Patrick uh, Monihan, right, he published this federal study called the ne- the the Negro family, the case for national action. But what caught my attention was in this report, it says in its opening statement, he says, at the heart of the deterioration of the fabric of the Negro society is the deterioration of the Negro family. Yes, he tried to sound the alarm. Um, but as the culture is so bent on destruction of the family, as I, we were talking about just a bit ago, uh, you will find that they denied Daniel Patrick Moynihan's report. They say that he didn't know what he was talking about. If you look at the composition of the black family when he wrote that report, you will find that 75% of black families were two-parent-headed households at that time. But he could see it trending 
towards a single female parent-headed household. So he tried to sound the alarm. Yeah. And that was well, 50 today, years ago, right? 72, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, that was 50 years ago that he did that, right? Yes. And today, 72% of our families are headed by females. So it's almost um, 100% upside down from where it was when he wrote that report and he was trying to sound the alarm about it. Um, we've, we've basically been bamboozled into accepting a, the idea that women can lead the household better or equal to men. And so our families are not um, coming together the way they used to. We no longer have mom and dad in the home. We have mom. Um, increasingly, dads are beginning to be single parents as well, but it's more female-headed households today in the black community. You know, according to FRED, or the Federal Reserve Economic Data uh, from St. Louis Federal Reserves, it says in 2022, Monroe County, New York, ladies and gentlemen, uh, had yep, single-parent households at 39.9%. That includes out of the whole county. That's crazy to me. Anyways, can you t- you know, I was a single dad, uh, Catherine, for, for a little while. And, and, and I didn't know. Yeah, I was a single dad uh, up until I got married to my my beautiful wife, who's uh, who's doing beautiful and great things in her own you know in her own capacities. Um, but I found it odd because I, I became a single dad during a time where being a single dad was just kind of weird in society uh, at the time. I, I don't know why, but people would look at me awkward. They would say weird things. They'd ask me, you know, what happened to the mother? And of course. I thought that was kind of rude, but do, do, do you notice in the black and brown communities in your studies uh, that there's an increase in single men? Um, increasingly, yes. It's becoming, you know, dads want to have um, interactions and input into the development and growth of their children, contrary to the picture that gets painted uh, by the majority culture, but dads are increasingly willing to take the responsibility for their children. Um, it's not as unfashionable today as it was, it sounds like, when you were a single dad. But yeah, it gets frowned upon because why would you do that? Why would you take the children as opposed to the mom? Or where is the mom? Like, they so rudely asked you the question. Um, it's an issue that we need to conquer. Um, and we need to begin to promote mom and dad Absolutely. as the family, as opposed to single parenting um, altogether. Now, let me ask you this, because um, obviously divorce is a real thing that happens. Uh, from, from your professional, or even just from your opinion, if a family gets divorced because it happens, does that have to mean the destruction of that family for that child as far as mom and dad goes and their influence? Well, you have to look at why the divorce happened. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, very few families agree that they can co-parent together if they are no longer together. 
um, it becomes difficult. If there's a lot of animosity growing with the divorce, it would be really hard to co-parent. Now, some of us are mature enough to overcome whatever the issue was that caused the, the divorce in the first place in the interest of our children. But again, the culture has created this imagery that our children are more problems than they are blessings. Our children stop us from being able to have that life that we think we can have if we don't have children. And so it's visited down when it's when there's a divorce as well because the child becomes like an anchor around the parent's neck as opposed to, you know what, we need to work together to make sure we're doing the best and giving the best to our children. Which is, you know, goes to that whole concept of really paying attention to who you're choosing to have kids with, marry them, and plan in a lifelong uh, a plan to make those great things happen. Can we talk a little bit about, uh, and then, then I want to talk about your project, the restoration project, but can you tell us a little bit about the Endangered Species Campaign? I talk a lot about how the numbers right from CDC and Planned Parenthood does show that the black community here in Monroe County is headed towards extinction by like 2050 or 2060. What was the, I mean, I think that Endangered Species Campaign had the same message. That's exactly right, and and uh, it was a project that I did in conjunction with Ryan Bomberger of the Radiance Foundation. He and I had met, and we were having a conversation over lunch one day, and I said to him, if black children were animals, they would be on the endangered species list. And he said, I say that all the time, and he is a very creative uh, I call him a graphics genius. He's just phenomenal. Anyway, he went home and developed that billboard and brought it back to me and showed me the soulful eyes of that little boy. Um, um, black children are an endangered species, too many aborted.com. And we basically were in every media outlet in the country with that message that abortion was having a detrimental impact, a genocidal impact to the black community. Um, as a result of that campaign, Planned Parenthood uh, paid a organization, they got the Ford Foundation to pay an organization called Belden Rusinello to develop talking points to try to refute what that billboard was saying. Um, and they use those talking points to this day. You know, they will divert the conversation and say things like, why are you making the disparities in healthcare worse uh, by pointing out the impact that abortion is having um, and things like that. But the campaign was probably the most news-generating uh, campaign that had been seen um, in a very long time from the pro-life community. Um, and it was an effective campaign that drew attention to 
uh, abortions impact. And let me just say that it's more than your county there that is experiencing this genocidal impact. If you look around the country, you will see that counties and cities across the nation are now having more deaths than births. So we're upside down. Flint, Michigan, Detroit, Michigan, New York City, uh, more abortions than there are births. That is genocide. It is. Uh, right there in Georgia, it shows your, your, your campaign showed that approximately 50, 56% of black women in Georgia were having abortions. But check this out. The black people in only 30% of their population. We'll be right back right here in the next Step Show. WYSL stations 92.1 FM, 95.5 FM West, and now 27,000 watt, 1040 AM. If you're just discovering us for the first time with our big new signal, now about two weeks old, welcome. Rochester and Finger Lakes region, one name stands above all others for real estate appraisal and advice. Ryan Murphy and Associates. This full-service real estate appraisal company can appraise and advise on purchase and sales decisions, mortgage finance feasibility, estate, matrimonial, partnership buyouts, litigation, and more for any type of property, both residential and commercial. Ryan Murphy was founded almost 40 years ago. All of our highly trained staff members have at least 20 years of experience. All our appraisers are either New York State certified general or residential real estate appraisers. Ryan Murphy and Associates. Start here. RYNNEMurphy.com. The difference is dignity. At Open Door Mission, we open our arms and hearts to help those in need. We treat every one of our guests with respect and dignity. No matter the road that led to us, Open Door Mission is here to help. Give your support at OpendoorMission.com. Has your favorite pizza place been letting you down? Try Livingston County Pizza Company and Gluten-Free Bakery in Avon. Not only is their pizza amazing, but their full menu and bakery has something for everyone. Livingston County Pizza Company and Gluten-Free Bakery, Avon. Advertising on the WYSL stations is both affordable and effective, but it's so much more than that. When your business or professional practice has a presence on the voice of liberty, you connect with a patriotic, awake, and aware audience that cares about society, our families, our schools, our values, and our future. And our listeners appreciate you and respond. We can end the madness together. For truth and freedom, the WYSL stations, the voice of liberty. Call 346-3000 to advertise today. Next Steps with Peter Vasquez on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to the Next Step Show. So ladies and gentlemen, the next time someone says to you or asks you, hey, what's your favorite show of all time? All you got to do is say, El show Proximos Pasos, right? Throw a little fun in there, the next step show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Uh, Catherine, thank you again for hanging out with us. Man, I'll tell you, it, it, it still dumbfounds me how we're still having these arguments. How is it that the argument's usually one-sided? Because, I mean, w- when you start trying to tell them these numbers, they start making us look or trying to make us look like we're wackadoodles, right? But you're doing something yeah. about it. You have the restoration project, and your website talks about 
three pillars that you use to start the restoration process. Yes, and and um, one thing I wanted to make sure that we talked about before we leave one another is the actual impact that abortion is having um, in our families, in our culture. We have a health care crisis that is sweeping the nation that never gets talked about. But the direct impact of abortion on the health care of a woman is horrific. Um, There is a direct link between breast cancer and abortion. The American Cancer Society, Susan G. Komen, all these organizations will not tell you that, even though there are hundreds of studies that have been done around the world that document the link. In the black community, when we get breast cancer, it's the kind of breast cancer that we don't even know we have until we're in stage three or four. We're going to die. Triple negative breast cancer and inflammatory breast disease. Um, We need to warn our young women. We need to talk to them about the scarring that has happened to so many women's wounds that they can no longer hold their child for nine months. So we have an extreme premature birth rate um, amongst black women today. They don't talk about autism being one of the so-called side effects of abortion because you're damaging the environment that God created for you to hold that baby in. And there is residue that comes uh, and impacts future children if you can have them because now so many women are being rendered infertile because of the amount of scarring that has happened in their wombs. We have psychological issues that are impacting women today, that deep depression that they can't talk about because they're not able to properly grieve the, the, the loss of those children that they lost through abortion. The suicide rate amongst our young women ha- is going through the roof and there's a direct link between suicide and abortion. It's a crisis. We need to sound the alarm and let people know exactly what abortion is doing in our culture and to our daughters um, so that they understand the pillars of restoration, that they can understand that there is a sanctity of life that we should be fighting for, that we should be fighting for our traditional families. And lo and behold, our children are no longer being educated to a level where they can succeed in the culture. We have children, I saw a report about Baltimore, where not one child was testing at grade level in Baltimore. I mean, what are we doing? We are destroying the very foundation which our families could thrive in. We're taking the lives of our children in the womb. 
we are destroying the family by vesting the right to take those lives in the woman alone. And then we are no longer educating our children, the ones that uh, did make it through the Holocaust of abortion. We are not educating them anymore. It's a travesty. Very much so. And, you know, I say it on this show all the time. The the black population in the United States of America would be somewhere around 30% or more. Right now it sits at about 13, predominantly almost exclusively because of abortion. But it doesn't end there because it's continuing to destroy uh, uh, the black community and the community at large. I'm really glad you pointed that out. I'm really, really glad you pointed that out. Uh, Catherine, can I make? Uh, can I ask a silly question? No such thing, but no, sure. Uh, well, you might find this one. Uh, are you black, ma'am? I am. Uh, do you know, I mean, I asked that. Why do you think that matters? Well, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. Um, and we need to stop worshiping at the altar of skin color. Thank oh, you. Man. You know, oh, none man. of us had anything to do with what color our skin is. That was a God-ordained decision. Um, but what is so real is the attacks. we need to stop making skin color a, an issue to divide us or keep us together or whatever. Now, I am delighted to have grown up as a black woman in America. I think our culture is an exciting culture. But I bet you every culture would say the same thing about their culture. We could learn from one another. It's not a question of uh, that should be division. It should be a question that unifies us, that brings us together as a people, God's people, not this political ideology that has us fighting one another Right over something we didn't have anything to do with. Time for time for us to wake up and stop letting this happen. That's the this trickery. is complete, completely external. Yep, that's the trickery that Malcolm X talks about. That's the you know that's what he talks yep. about political footballs and and so forth. Do you want to touch on the three pillars real quick? I just did. Oh yes, Thank you did very life, much so. <laughs> family and education; those are the three pillars that I fight for through my organization, The Restoration Project. For many years, I focused more on the sanctity of life while Roe was still the law of the land. I have not abandoned that fight, but I've increased my sight towards um, the family. We must restore the family. If mom and dad could come back together in a family, then education and the sanctity of life almost get taken care of in and of itself because we'll no longer fight against um, our own culture, fight against our own selves. And it's not just a black issue. In order for any ethnicity in this country to stay at the level they are today, and honestly, I believe all of us are way below what they're reporting through the census, but Every woman of childbearing age would have to have 2.1 children. Can you give your website real quick for our listeners? Yes. Say again? Your website for our listeners. Oh, therestorationproject.life. 
Thank you so much for your time, ma'am. I truly appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Catherine Davis, founder of the Restoration Project. Hey, say it with me. Leadership is the beacon that guides me, for it's through selfless service that I illuminate the way for others to find their own greatness. Advertise with us. Be a leader. NextStepShow.com. And hey, nunca te olvide que aquí en the Next Step Show, la voz de libertad siempre. Te amamos until tomorrow. Soy cara de niño, con alma de hombre. Quiero amarte para siempre, pero tú no me respondes. Soy cara de niño, con alma de hombre. Ven conóceme, te reto, y hay amor pa' que te sobre. Niños